Curiosity on Dublin City FM. We're here, we're queer, get into it. I'm James O'Hagan and this is Curiosity, proudly presented by LGBT Ireland, the national LGBT support service. Whatever's on your mind, LGBT Ireland's helpline volunteers are here to listen seven days a week on 1800 929 539. Lots to talk about on the show today. As usual, Podrick and I will be getting you up to date with some of the biggest LGBTQI plus stories of the week with our Rainbow Roundup. Then we're joined by Afghan LGBTQI plus and women's rights activist Basira Payham to talk about her activism, the risks her community faces. Afghanistan every day and her experience moving to Ireland as a refugee. Anna Nolan, presenter, journalist and head of development at Coco Content, the masterminds behind Room to Improve and First State Ireland, joins us to talk about the evolution of LGBTQI plus representation in the media and the importance of seeing authentic and honest portrayals of queer characters. And we're joined by the lads from Trad Is Amok, an LGBTQ plus community of traditional Irish musicians, singers and dancers from all over the world who host concerts, sessions, Kayleys and Gaileys as part of Dublin Pride and the recent Tradfest Festival. But before we get to any of that, he's the Taylor Swift to my Taylor Lautner, Podrick Wilson-McCarthy. We're getting Taylor the ground with that one. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. I don't know whether I want to be Taylor Swift or Taylor Lautner. Ah, no. All those backflips. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true, actually. I mean, they share the same stage. <laughs> that is Who's very... the bigger star, That's though? very fair. That's very fair. How are you getting on? Oh, not too bad. I, have, I, I was on the train in this morning and I unlocked a new ick. Go on. There was some fella drinking a leukocyte. I mean, that in and of itself yeah, really bothers it? me. I don't know what I... At like 9am. Yeah, at 9am. Like, and he just on. drank it so aggressively. The way he like squeezed... It was like he was strangling the... Like it had done something to his family. <laughs> so he was like holding, holding <laughs> he, it back over his head. He was probably violently hung over. <laughs> he may very well be. We've all been there, haven't we? <laughs> but I was just like, you do not need to exert so much violence. On, maybe it's because he'd just, he just been charged a 25 cent extra for the... Uh, <laughs> Quite, there you go. We're in February now. Well, actually, you know what? Thank God we're in February. Oh my... Did, was that well, a did I sing a song to Bridget last Thursday? I'm telling you now, I thought January would never end. Oh, it really just, I felt like it was going on forever. I went out into the garden there last week and saw a couple of beautiful daffodils sticking yeah, their heads up and yeah. I was like, here we are. I hate to be the one to say it, but there is a grand stretch. Oh, the grand stretch. <laughs> it's bright in the mornings. I'm absolutely loving it. Yeah, no, it is. It it's makes much all the difference. Absolutely. The road The road is clear now. We're on the way to bright season. Oh, here, look, this is it. Straight in there. We're getting out there into our... <laughs> Can't go quick enough. Our rainbow onesie all the way to <laughs> all the way to June. Exactly, exactly. Uh, rainbow roundup, James. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. So first of all, we're going over to the UK this week. A verdict has been handed down on the libel battle between Lawrence Fox and Drag Race Queen Crystal, as well as Simon Blake. So basically, Lawrence, he's an actor. He's a right wing activist. Uh, he'd been found guilty on all counts of defamation. And basically, what happened was a couple of years ago, three and a half years ago, yeah. there was a bit of a, a, a spat on what is now known as X on Twitter, um, where basically. Uh, Crystal and Simon called Lawrence racist because he called for a boycott of Sainsbury's because Sainsbury's had set up safe spaces for black employees during Black um, History Month, right? So they basically called him out and said, look, you're calling for a boycott of something that is needed. Um, It's no harm you are racist. And he replied uh, calling them paedophiles. So they sued him for that um, and he was found guilty. Yeah, this is such a, I mean, it's an interesting story because I've been watching it over the last couple of years because Crystal has been kind of documenting the whole um, the whole process through 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 their Instagram and it was essentially that he as a response to the, them like the, there's a there's an enormous sort of you know history of accusations of paedophilia and sort of grooming of children against the queer community so it's really loaded and it's really important that it's not kind of something that we uh, that we allow kind of like just like brush off we need to like address it but you know he has like he is such an agitator online and he has been you know very questionable in some of the opinions that he's had and some of the things that he's done online totally. and I think that they were able to kind of point to these when they were going through that court and the judge decided basically didn't sort of actually define yes you are a racist this is what racism is but said that any sort of any understanding from his part that his reputation had been damaged by these people saying that he was a racist as opposed to all of the other things that he himself had done was really like unfounded that yeah. there was no way that he could say it he made his bed didn't he he made his bed. He and totally he had to made it. his bed. Now, Crystal, as you said, has documented the whole journey. She's been on um, on the news all week, basically talking. about We have a little clip. Let's just have a listen to what Crystal had to say. Accusations of paedophilia against people in the queer community, against drag queens. These are old, old tropes, and um, I didn't want to stand for it. I didn't want to let that slide. It, 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 she's, yeah. 
She's a brilliant, like, she's such a great uh, ambassador. She, spe- she speaks so well, right? But yeah. why I'm laughing is because iconically, Crystal appeared on Sky News and plenty of programmes during the week and she was in drag as Elle Woods, which is just, (laughs) like, absolutely brilliant. It's so camp, but it's also, like, so important because I I think that kind of is, like, that epitomises queer culture like in in a way that nothing else can and that, like, it is progressive, it is pushing for change, it's pushing for inclusive, but it's all done with a tongue-in-cheek. Like, it's done with that kind of undertone of humour. Without a doubt. And it was just, it was just perfect, a perfect, Perfectly executed, perfect timing. So fair play to them for that. Um, from there, taking over to the US now, uh, concerns have been raised in Seattle after a number of queer venues were raided last weekend. Now, I should say queer venues as well as other venues as well. Yeah. Authorities entered two separate queer establishments um, and issued lewd conduct violations based on what people in these uh, bars or clubs were wearing. Namely, people Jock were shirtless. <laughs> People were shirtless. <laughs> yeah, so I, I had like I, I was I was listening to um I, I, I was listening to a piece about this um that I think the stranger uh, the the Seattle based newspaper had done quite a lot of reporting about this and I was looking at what they were talking about they were talking about this very old so essentially what was being utilized in in the in the citation that was given to this particular these particular venues was a lewd conduct law that has basically been on the books for years, years. and had had if correct me if I'm wrong. Ba- practically been ignored yeah, hadn't for really years. Been, hadn't really been used. And I think what people are sort of saying, it's like concerning that like obviously that at this time when there is, I think that last year there was over 500 anti-LGBTQ laws brought forward mm-hmm. in American legislations, over 80 of them were passed, that you start seeing kind of, these are the powers weaponized to be able to kind of create a discomfort for queer people being themselves. One of the bars, uh, the Cuff, I think it was called, is that the 10 men entered with flashlights taking photographs of people who were in the bar and they were, they were they got received citation because a bar bar staff had their nipples exposed so apparently that this lewd conduct law says that you it is illegal to serve alcohol where people will have their nipples exposed now what is very unusual is that the state of washington or the the, the surrounding area of of seattle actually like legally allows nudity in public areas it's only where there is alcohol being served if there's any restrictions so they were pointing out that these individuals in their jock straps with their, their nipples out could have gone and played softball in a park down the road and everyone would have been like have a great time but because they happened to be in a bar that was a space that was safe for their, their particular community that suddenly it was a, a lewd conduct so it's it's one of those things where people are kind of pointing to, the, pointing to the history of how this has been used in the past and particularly around the taking of photographs of people who are in the bar because as you know yeah. not everyone who goes to a queer bar is out and therefore exactly they're meant to be a safe space yeah 100%. confidentiality is yeah, key in these 100%. places as well also how many of these men that went in with flashlights have been to Hooters is what I want to know <laughs> absolutely and I tell you now they ain't going in there and, and throwing their weight around I guarantee you um, from there we're taking it back home some great news last week um, Ireland chose Bambi Tug as this year's representative I for Eurovision. I'm obsessed with the song. Uh, it's, do you know what? Cannot it's stop listening just to grown on me even more. And I, and I was secretly rooting beforehand. I was trying to remain impartial as I could until, you know, uh, the, the announcement came or until the competition was done. I actually went to your song last week and being in, in the studio for it, like there was a different energy when ba- Bambi Tug came yeah. on the stage. And I guess what's really important is that Bambi Tug first of all, is the for- first Cork representative since 1979 for Eurovision, <laughs> which is great, obviously. Some hometown representation, but also they are the first non-binary act that Ireland has ever sent to Eurovision. Yeah. And as someone who kind of keeps a close eye on the competition, um, it's, they're gaining traction. They're gaining huge... We're, My, I think we're eight now. It's very early days, but we're eight in the betting odds, which is never the case. You know? Well, that, that's really exciting. And I have to say, so my, my my partner is a big, big, big Eurovision buff. And he, like, breaks down and analyzes each yeah. of the songs and kind of knows, kind of the same as yourself, yeah. can see, like, what's going to work well. And he has said that he thinks that it has the potential to win, that his, it has the potential yeah. to to actually bring us all the way. Now, look, we are not... Craw- we're not, like, going to be holding our breath. And no. obviously, it would, be, it would be amazing if the year after Sweden drew with us we then were to pull right ahead totally but we totally. are now we're, we're edging our way and I think this year Orty have taken it more serious than previous years the yeah. lineup for your song was stronger than ever before yeah, and like absolutely. even this week we saw Bambi Tug getting over 350,000 views on her on the, her performance video on YouTube which is more than Lash's representative got since the competition so look it's only on the way up from no, here now we're we're into uh, semi-final one, one which will be taking places on the 7th on, of yeah, May yeah it's I the think? Tuesday and we're in the first half which is not 
not an ideal situation to be in but I actually saw Bambi Thug speaking about this yesterday and they said they'd love to open the whole performance if they'd be the first act of the whole competition this year and I'm like fair play to them. No absolutely I think it is We'll have to just wait and see We'll have to wait and see That's all yeah, we can hopefully. do And that's all for this week's Rainbow Roundup Coming up we're chatting with Iconic Big Brother contestant Anna Nolan About queer representation in Irish media But first it's music from Jennifer Page This is Crush on Curiosity. Since she first set foot in the iconic Big Brother house back in 2000, Anna Nolan has been a consistent present in Irish media, working as a presenter, journalist and producer. She's now working as head of development at Coco Content, the folks behind some of our country's favourite reality shows, including Room to Improve and First Dates Ireland. Anna joins us now to have a chat about the evolution of the importance of LGBTQI plus representation in the media. Anna, thank you for coming in to talk to us. I'm delighted to be here. <laughs> yeah, a whistle stop towards your resume there. <laughs> delighted to have you. Basically your LinkedIn bio. Okay. <laughs> it's rare now that we're fangirling, but we're definitely fangirling. Oh, absolutely. I mean, two gays of a certain age. I, I mean, <laughs> two gays of a certain age. I like that. Yeah, we've seen That's, it all. Yeah. <laughs> two are kids. Would you yeah. stop? But I suppose first thing to ask is like, how, how do you think the, the visibility of LGBTQI plus individuals, like on shows like say Big Brother or Queer as Folk, back in the early nineties, like how do you think that impacted on societal attitudes over the time? Yeah, I feel free to take all the credit for the positives. It was down to me that everything changed. <laughs> I sat in a house, was filmed twenty four seven, and played the guitar, and that was it. Queer people were accepted, and then gay marriage came. <laughs> and then gay marriage came. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's funny going back to two thousand. Um, so when you think about pre two thousand, I suppose there were these sort of sanitized American shows that had that sort of dipped into queer life and whether that was maybe Will and Grace or mm -hmm. Ellen um, or Friends even. There was this or any of the queer characters were just, you know, safe. They yeah. didn't really explore, explore sexuality, what was really going on for queer folk. And then I suppose... Uh, 2000 um, I stepped into the Big Brother house I don't take any credit actually for changing <laughs> anything but people have said to me they it was important that there was a lesbian on the first big uh, yeah. reality TV mm. show it, no, I, it meant something to some people I think it absolutely Definitely. I think it's I, I, I sort of linked um, Big Brother there with Queer as Folk which was kind of on at the same time on the same broadcaster well done Channel 4 and I think it was the first time maybe that you were seeing queer content for queer people where the queer people were kind of central to it yes. rather than kind of just some sort of an adjunct for to bring stories yeah. forward for straight or for you know for your, your straight kind of heroes in the middle of it absolutely I think queers folk blew things up completely yes, it absolutely did you know and it was really shining a light on these fabulous gorgeous you know uh, living an incredible life yeah. uh, gay guys and just got stuck into it all yeah. and it was so brave that Channel 4 did that I was reading a piece by Owen Jones recently who had said just 10 years previously Section 28 had been brought mm -hmm. in into the UK which was essentially in schools you could not talk about anything yeah. Yeah. related to homosexuality yeah. you know Britain was in a, you know a, a terrible way in relation to LGBTQ uh, rights. So Queer as Folk came along and it for any young gay, queer lesbian, LGBTQ people to see that on national television yeah. in the UK and in Ireland was incredible. Incredibly it was yeah. and like as well as that it, it like started a conversation really didn't it? Yeah. Get, it got yeah, people talking it about it. Yeah. Like it, like that was quite a while ago right and it would be wrong for us to, say, to sit here and say that there hasn't been uh, progress made in, in how queer people are represented in the media but I suppose, how has the media representation for queer people changed over time, over that period of time, especially for queer women? And why do you think that advocating for queer characters and queer stories um, in the mainstream media is so important now? It's incredibly important. Um, if we have a look at the last few years about <clears throat> what is out there with characters, queer characters being represented, there are dramas and films like The Favourite, Call My Agent, um, there's Amamite, there's Somebody Somewhere, there's Tar, mm -hmm. of course, Oscar yeah. winning. All brilliant. Um, all fantastic. And then 
just recently, all of us strangers, you know, Paul yeah. Mescaline yeah. and yeah. Andrew. Don't get me started on that. <laughs> Don't get me hot on the collar still. Are you still crying? I'm still a little bit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I never cried. I'm, I'm not sure if he's crying or... I never fancy yeah. someone cried at the same time. Just ecstatic, maybe. There's <laughs> definitely a lot of emotion. Yeah, yeah. I just don't know what it is yet. Yes. Um... And I think it has uh, it has moved into a, you know, maybe a few years ago, I feel uh, queer folk were, I don't know, there was something sensational about yeah. them. You know, mm. there was uh, there were sensational stories that yeah. were that were being told, but it's moving into a really a, a better place. It's yeah. still not it's still not perfect, but uh, a better place where normality, I suppose, yeah. oh, is that, being that, captured. Actually, that, that's something I was going to pick up on. So now in your role within Coco Content, obviously like what you specialise in is kind of sort of broadcasting the normality of people's lives. Shows like Room to Improve and First States Ireland are made to be relatable. Has it been important to you to keep queer representation kind of like first and foremost, with, front and foremost within those spaces? So people just see the absolute kind of normality Absolutely. First Dates is a brilliant example of that. It is always just two people who are looking for love. Um, And way back in 2018, the first transgender dater on First Mm -hmm. Dates Ireland uh, came into the restaurant. Um, And of course, it was a fabulous success um, Mm. and, you know, a, a brilliant date. It's so important for us in Coco and t- television producers in Ireland to uh, represent a really diverse range of people. Yeah. And we all know gays and lesbians and LGBTQ people are just the best people yeah. on television, know, full stop. <laughs> Get them on there. Absolutely. I, I I did, um, we're coming up on my three year anniversary of doing first dates. You didn't manage to set me up with my husband, uh, but you were near. You got, you got Brazilian right. Yes. Uh, you just, you just didn't get the, the particular, the particular one, the one of the several, the several hundred million. Uh, in <laughs> Dublin alone. In Dublin alone. I mean, absolutely. Going to Panty Bar. Uh, but I mean, in to, sort of to, to extend to that, in 2023, you became chair of NXF, you're the publisher of, of GCN. Mm. Why did you take on this role and what's your vision for the future of GCN as kind of a, a centrepiece of how queers can learn about themselves in, in, in Ireland and our society? Yeah. Uh, GCN is so important to queer culture um, in Incredibly. Ireland. It's such yeah. a valuable resource. It's such a valuable resource. It is... It it still prints, which I think is wonderful. Amazing. Yeah, I love it. I love seeing it. Yeah. You know, pick up a copy. Yeah, and everyone who who loves GCN remembers that time when they were possibly unsure of coming out as a as a queer person and going to a library or a local cafe and picking up that magazine yeah. and you know see visibility, seeing yeah. people that they could yeah, relate to. Totally, I always see GCN as something that, like you know, when you were younger, you would see it on the shelf and you'd almost be afraid to pick it up. It's but the now there's so, the, yeah, but now. <laughs> <laughs> something it's such a stylish cover and it's always so yeah. well put together that it's almost like something that you'd want to have your on your coffee table at home well, yeah. it is it is because I've spoken to to, to, to queers of a certain age uh, about <laughs> it kind of like the importance of seeing it wherever they were because it was all around the country mm. as well like I still have the first copy of GCN that I that I ever kind of picked up and brought oh, home wow. in my bag and I know and I spoke to like other friends of mine who have the same thing one of them actually has has your cover issue Stop. <laughs> I've only 12 of those at home with me on the cover. <laughs> on the wall. Wallpaper in the entire room. Yeah, yeah. And rightly so. But, yeah, but GCN is brilliant at evolving as well. So there's yeah. a fantastic online presence and social media presence and it has to keep up with what yeah. the issues yes. are you know, today facing the very queer community. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And I think it's it's done a great job of staying really on top of kind of where the community needs to go yes. and maybe even speaking about things that the community, you know, issues that maybe the community would rather sort of turn a blind eye to, but EGCN will address them head on. Absolutely it will. Yeah. And there will be some uh, parts of the community who are not happy what GCN is doing and there are many complaints that come in to the organization. But they they're, they're they're well used to that, um, but they're really they really push to be, I suppose, relevant, informative, entertaining, and and supporting the community. And yeah. that's that's, that's it, you know, it just it needs to evolve, and it is evolving, and it needs to be sustainable. So that's my role as chair yeah, of the NXF yeah. to ensure that that so, happens. So when when can you get us on the cover? Next month. <laughs> I get my people to talk to you. I'm on writing. That's the sound of my pen. Yeah, the, the put them on for pottery. James on the cover. Curiosity era. Oh, we love it. I love it. I love it. That wasn't I, subtle at all. I, 
<laughs> Look, that's my thing for 2024. If you don't ask, you won't receive. You won't receive. Look, I, I suppose we were talking there about how the representation in the media is progressing, right? But obviously there are still challenges and we're not 100% of the way there. Things are improving. What are the challenges that are facing the media industry um, for more authentic and widespread representation of queer individuals? I think uh, because we in Coco uh, make reality shows and factual entertainment, that's all I suppose yeah. I can really comment on. Mm. And um, casting. Casting uh, people from diverse backgrounds. Are, from are, people af- are people afraid to come for casting? Do you, or do you no. find it difficult to find people? No, we don't. Yeah, we don't. Good. Not because the type of shows that we make at Coco, mm-hmm. they're positive. Yeah. You know, they they're are. Yeah. They're fun. We have such a strong duty of care to every single person who appears on any of our shows. So we want them to have a good time, whether it's on Room to Improve and Derma coming in and doing an incredible job in their house yeah. or whether it's having a a fabulous date with somebody somebody they may not marry but they still have a wonderful time I think yeah. they feel protected with Coco and and that's so important we've is. seen that we've seen that like change a lot there was a time where not so long ago where people were put on TV at farm humiliation yeah absolutely. and it just we've seen it go drastically wrong so having knowing that you've got that duty of care people are definitely going to be more encouraged to get yes. involved in a programme like First Dates or no even completely and I think that like knowing that that care is being taken about people and that duty of care face has taken some mm-hmm. So, um, so seriously is really important because you do see other shows that have been on in the past that have used our community for that kind of shock jock thing. I was only listening to a podcast about uh, that the the Miriam Miriam Rivera, the trans woman who oh, had the dating show, and it was just oh it just God. you see the it was humiliation, absolutely heartbreaking. I listened Horrendous. to it. I didn't finish it. Yeah. I listened to most of it, it's and it was brilliant. absolutely that was kind of mid two thousands when there yeah. was a lot of cruelty mm. going around anyway by the by the press by media. Paparazzi following yes, people, yeah. tearing their lives apart. You know, there was just a lot of misogyny yeah. as well, a lot of uh, homophobia and queerphobia, and people printed it, and it was it was a horrible time. Yeah. I think yeah. for folk, it's and different now. It's not fully okay, but yeah, it's, but it's definitely improving. It's different. Yeah. yeah. And so I suppose thinking back to kind of when you were first, obviously you you first applied for Big Brother out of a kind of a person wish to do something for yourself. Mm. Like, did you think when you were walking in the door that it was a big deal that you were going to be a lesbian on television? Mm. <laughs> or had you seen the Brookside kiss and said, yeah. everyone's grand. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll kiss somebody in week three yeah. and that'll be, over, that'll like, be a winner. You'll be in or out. <laughs> yes, yeah. Was I, con- I wasn't actually. I, I was very much okay with who I was. Yeah, you yeah. You know, I was, I was in a relationship with my ex, Tanya, and we had spoken about it. I had told my family about it. No one gave a damn, by the way, that I was going into this show. No one thought it was anything. <laughs> I tried to have really intense conversations yeah, yeah. saying, this might change everything. They're like, yeah, 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 see, <laughs> see oh, yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, but... Isn't it funny the way people just didn't see that it was going to be this mammoth thing? Yes, yeah, yes, absolutely. yeah. But I was okay as a queer woman going into yeah. the Big Brother house. I didn't think it would have any impact at all really and would you would you go going like if it was now do you think you would have the same kind I do I think some people just want to take the opportunity I'd be the same yeah I just love attention (laughs) and then I hate it you know I flip from one to the other so I probably would still go for it I there was something in me that was drawn to this that's crazy idea that's great yeah 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 Thank you so much for coming to chat to us. That was so much fun. Tell us a bit about where people can find GCN and indeed find yourself. And also, have you got any 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 parts going on any any uh, Coco productions that (laughs) you can plug? Okay, that's three questions I'm going to answer. First of all, I don't know if we've a part for you yet, James, in relation to any Coco production. Keep in touch. Um, GCN uh, IE Gay Community News is a, a fantastic resource and website for anybody out there who just needs a little bit of support or information. And what was the third thing? Where can you find me? You can find me strolling around Kilmainham, maybe to the grounds of Emma. You know, reflecting yeah. on life. That's oh, where you can oh, find me. Oh, I'm assuming. Like, like, yeah. like all yeah. the other queers. <laughs> exactly. And if, if you ever think of an Irish production of The Undateables, I'm also available. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Anna. Thanks, Thank you guys. so much. In just a minute, we're going to be talking to LGBTQI plus Afghan activist Basira Poyham. And after that, we're going to have a real treat in some good old Kaylee music from Mick and Niall from Trad Is Amok.
In 2021, when the Taliban returned to power in Afghanistan, LGBTQI plus and women's rights activist Basira Payham was forced to flee her home and to find safety, eventually arriving in Ireland as a refugee. Basira joins us now to chat about her activism, the risks our community face in Afghanistan every day and her experience of moving to Ireland as a refugee. Thank you so much, Basira, for coming and talking to us about what's a really important conversation that people keep focused on. Thank you so much for your invitation and thank you for your attention to Afghanistan LGBT community. Um, so, first off, your activism has focused very much on, say, on gender equality. And, and you have spoken out before about how you were um, the first person to establish a committee that was working for women's participation in the government in Afghanistan prior to the, the Taliban the Taliban coming back into power. Can you tell us a bit about the work you were doing on this and perhaps, I suppose, how it has been impacted by the Taliban's return to power? Uh, well, in 2018, uh, with some of my friends, uh, we organized a committee by the name of uh, Samangon Gender Committee. That committee was working uh, for advocating and uh, empowering women to engage more in local governance and political participation. But the background of that comes from uh, unsafe work environment in governmental offices for women because uh, we knew some women were working, very few, just numbers of women working in government offices, uh, but they weren't that safe because most of the time they were facing gender-based abuse by their colleagues and gender-based violence from their family members, especially brother, father, or husband, because of working there. It has been considered a kind of shame when a woman works outside of home, especially where it's like full of men, like government office. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why we organized that committee, and we start our uh, activism by organizing some uh, meetings for with specific government office like with municipality with uh, provincial authorities with economy directorate or education directorate and uh, when we were there there were just number of women who were working and they were so happy and they told us you are doing a great job what you do will help to have more uh, colleagues who are women from our like gender and um, gradually, it was very hard to get a job directly in government office. But gradually, with our contribution, some of the NGOs, non-governmental organizations and civil societies uh, uh, brought some inter- internship opportunities in different directorates mm-hmm. of Samangon province. Through that inter- internship for women, Many uh, graduated girls from universities who had qualification to get that internship, they became able to become interns in different uh, governmental offices. And uh, after uh, successfully uh, completing their internship, they got jobs on that uh, specific like uh, directorate, for example, education directorate yeah. or... Uh, provincial authority uh, and it was really helpful for uh, women engagement in local government and their participation in government offices uh, and having their voice uh, yeah. in decision making like in political issues unfortunately why like we ended to Taliban from the Taliban in 2001 and we ended to Taliban in 2021 like between two decades all efforts were like went to the zero eradicated uh, more or less over yeah overnight. unfortunately yeah in case I mentioned that it, it's very horrible because the international community including uh, USA and other superpower who were against terrorism, against the Taliban, uh, they accepted to have a peace agreement with the Taliban in Doha in 2018. Uh, mm-hmm. Since mm-hmm. 2018, gradually, 
that peace agreement lead Afghanistan to this catastrophic situation I that today go- we are seeing. That I was going to ask that, Bazira. <clears throat> I suppose. Over the last number of years, there's been a number of high-profile conflicts which have erupted and and kind of, you know, we we see them way more in the media than we would have seen about the conditions that are happening in Afghanistan. What are the the conditions or what is life like in Afghanistan now for people in the LGBTQI plus community and also for women? Uh, Today, unfortunately, since 2000, August 2021, the situation is getting too suffocating for women and for LGBT people. It's getting like deadly because uh, every day Taliban brings up new Sharia rules for banning schools for women, for girls, banning work, stopping women even going out without the reason of medical reason. For example, a woman goes for shopping he will be. She will face some Taliban, uh, some Taliban soldiers, and they will ask him why you are outside of your home. Like mm-hmm. if you, why you are doing shopping? Even they are not allowed to go for shopping mm-hmm. freely. Yeah. Just in medical case, while well, having uh, male family member with them, like father, brother, or husband, yeah. no okay. one else. Uh, Every day they are bringing new roles against women and for LGBT plus community. It's horrible because no one is even able to talk about them. Even their family member are be like right now they are enemy for them. Mm-hmm. Family members are ready to kill their gay son or lesbian daughter just to. Uh, get rid of the Taliban judgment, the Taliban investigation. And that, I suppose that um, that sort of atmosphere was what left you to, to have to, to leave Afghanistan, Afghanistan yourself. And having arrived in Ireland while you were still based in a direct provision centre, you found yourself recognised by the BBC as one of the 100 most influential women of the year in 2021. And you've mentioned before that getting this recognition, while obviously it was a huge honour, but while you were living in such close quarters with many of the people who would not have an openness to LGBTQIA plus uh, people was very challenging. Can you tell us a bit about that experience and maybe a bit about the experiences of LGBTQIA plus people within the, the direct provision system? Well, uh, it was very hard for me even to talk about this achievement when I was in a refugee centre, uh, in a refugee camp in Ireland, uh, because uh, the people who, like, were living there, they were refugee as well with a very strict and fundamental background, religious background. Even if they have been activists for women, for girls, but still their strict religious mindset and the way with the norms that they have been grown up, it was very hard to accept someone from their country uh, coming out as um, queer woman and standing for the mm-hmm. rights of LGBT people. It was very hard for me to talk about it, this achievement openly, because I saw how their reaction, interactions changed after that. The way they communicate, it changed, like it was changed. And I got a very bad depression while mm-hmm. I was there because I was very isolated and alone and that's why i decided to leave there even if if i i accept it if it ends uh, like it, it it leads me towards being homeless yeah. mm. so i didn't wait for for free house or whatever i said i will work but i i will pay rent yeah. But I, I can't stay here any longer it, to a, wait for the process of no. half or this. Yeah, it is. A, it's so it a, was very hard for me. Yeah, it's it's a really horrific process. Um, and, and I think it's one that, that particular care needs to be given to, to people who arrive with additional vulnerabilities, like being part of the LGBTQ community. Uh, we've actually run out of time, Basira. Um, we need to make the show longer so that we can fit in like all of the, the amazing people that we get yeah, to talk to. Yeah, that was um, so interesting. Thank you so, so much, Basira. I, I just want to say thank you so much for, for, for coming on to, to chat to us. 
activist and ask sort of you, you are continuing your your work as an activist um, and where can people go to, to sort of find out more about what you're doing and where would you direct people to be able to keep up with what's happening in Afghanistan and be able to contribute or help? Uh, well, uh, standing with Afghanistan women, with Afghanistan LGBT community in international platforms uh, to support those who are the real voice for equality, not the voice for just a political deal, but standing for the humanity, standing mm-hmm. for the real equality, just not on the people, but in um, application, in applying in the society. We really need to stand with those uh, voices and uh, not leaving the Taliban with what they are doing with Afghanistan mm-hmm. people, uh, supporting the women who are protesting in Afghanistan for their rights. This will be um, a direct support for yeah. the voice of Afghanistan women and LGBT plus community. Thank you so much for joining us today, Basira. Um, we are joined now in studio by Niall and Mick from Trad Is Amok, and we're going to hear a little bit of their music before we talk to them. Now, your ears aren't deceiving you. You're still listening to Curiosity. <laughs> Tradison Mock is an LGBTQ plus community of traditional Irish musicians, singers and dancers from all over the world. And today we're joined in studio by two members of the group, Niall and Mick, for a very different type of session that Absolutely. we're used to anyway. <laughs> Welcome to Curiosity, gents. Thanks so much for coming in. Thanks so no much. Thank you. Thanks First of all, we're just wondering, I suppose, where did the idea for Tradisimach come from and, and who's responsible for putting this group together? Well, I say, I think it's Mick, actually. <laughs> I don't know about that now. It's Mick's Mick, idea. It's Mick's Mick, fault. It's Mick's fault. It's Mick's idea. But there, there's, there's been kind of a, 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 a demand for, I suppose, uh, some sort of... Uh, uh, LGBT LGBTQ presence in Irish music, um, you know, um, culturally there'd be a lot of gay people involved in Irish music and dance yeah. and singing as well, um, but they wouldn't, you know, it, 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 there wouldn't be any formal kind of yeah uh, opportunities uh, to opportun- meet up and- yeah for 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 LGBT people I suppose yeah, yeah. Uh, history wise I suppose the the we we've interestingly in point of you know. Uh, pointless fact for you here. We've been playing, there's been a, a gay LGBTQ plus Kaylee at Pride for over 20 years. Yeah, brilliant. Oh, wow. People don't realise yeah. because it's kind yeah. of an under the radar event yeah. quite often, do you know? Um, so we, myself and Niall, I've been playing at it for, I've been like, it's nearly 20 years that I've been playing it. Yeah. Not every single year, but most yeah, of them. Yeah, do you know? yeah, yeah. have been involved um, for that long yeah. anyway. And that, that, so, but every year that event has been kind of, I won't say thrown together, but we, like we, 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 
get contacted a couple of weeks before or do you want to play yeah. and then we put a band together for it you know what i mean so okay. we'll get we'll put musicians together for that and then over the years we've every time we met up for this kaylee do you know what i mean we'd always be saying oh we should do something with this because yeah the band was decent enough every yeah. year yeah. yeah so so that's when we kind of decided a couple of years ago that it was time to actually do something about it yeah, you know? and how did it, it came together kind of you were mentioning before in kind of covid era era so like was it something to do with like a want for community at a time when we were all separated or was it just naturally at that point it felt like let's formalize this a little bit yeah I think it was coming, Mick, wasn't it? Yeah, it was coming. A bit of both, probably. Yeah, um, yeah. The way it happened was was Eddie McGuinness. We probably even know yes, Eddie yeah, from, yeah, yeah. from Pride. Um, so he was he's been hosting that Kaylee for a good few years now as part of the Outing Festival, kind yeah. of like one of their promo promo events. Um, and COVID came around, and normally we'd do with this Kaylee in Panty Bar as part of Pride. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously COVID came around, and there was no opportunity to do that. But then. Eddie gave us a shout saying we could go into Panty Bar even during lockdown. You could have like six people maximum oh, spread out to record a a version of the Kaylee yeah. without yeah. dancers in in Panty Bar. Yeah, so everything that's... was virtual at the time. Yes. Yeah. 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 So yeah. then we had to kind of like formally get a group together and practice. So. <laughs> yeah. 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 And just being recorded as well. Yeah. Like so. Yeah. We, yeah. yeah. <laughs> pressure pressure was on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A bit. <laughs> I could say that. Look, I suppose yeah. traditional Irish music isn't something that we frequently hear being played in queer venues are at queer events you know like you said yourself there you know it's kind of something that was thrown together or kind of as you said under the radar mm, yeah. how important is it for you to create a space where traditional music is played within these venues or spaces or at events I, I think it's nice it's an opportunity I, I think it's more for younger gay uh, people um, to be honest and uh, um, LGBT people in general um, just to know I suppose a bit of uh, t- there isn't uh, there isn't there are gay musicians yeah. out there, and there's a community you know. there, and there is, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's more to do with that. Um, for for old fogies like myself, <laughs> <it's> <laughs> hardly, it hardly matters anymore. You know, I'm just quite happy yeah. do, playing uh, with whatever, so I'm yeah. quite settled in myself. You know, <laughs> but it's yeah. lovely. It's a lovely way for you to do what you really enjoy doing, your hobby, and yeah. practice it, but also be around like-minded people and share that interest, isn't it? Yes. Really, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I do think as well, like, and certainly now um, in my in my role outside of this, I would I would deal an awful lot with older um, members of our community, and I think that they've spoken before about the fact that they feel like almost kind of like, you know queerness is something that was brought in by the Brits, and it doesn't really you know it, it's not really part of what Irish culture or Irish society is. So it's sort of a little bit about kind of in the same way we've seen say the GAA really sort of embracing kind of like its LGBTQ population. It's important for us as queer people to kind of take ownership over the bits of our culture that we want to have as well, you know, and not sort of feel excluded from it. So I think that's a really important part of having sort mm, of yeah. ple- having people like you be so visible uh, yeah. with, with, yeah. Uh, with, with issues like this. And and the GA teams as well. Like I mean, they 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 all uh, there's a LGBT running club, GA club, all, yeah. and I think there was a sense of that as well. Like that they, all these different groups are organising something. Yeah. Yeah. What have we, we done? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah you want to be out in the field, yeah. like yeah. I, I suppose what type of you spoke about the the the, the pride uh, the pride Kaylee or Gaily as I've seen it referred mm. to I here and that. there. Um, what other sort of events have you seen? And do you play a much among sort of a more tra- in the more traditional kind of Irish music scene as well? Oh, or God. would it be so much crossover? Oh God, all the time. Yeah, we're playing, 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 playing. But I'll play with whoever. <laughs> Everybody. Careful what you say now. <laughs> music. Play music. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's. Uh, there's lots of. Uh, um, you know, lots of crossover, yeah. lots of different events, and uh, you know, at times we'd we'd have to pull in uh, other musicians, allies, the A party, the, a, the, the allies. allies. Yeah, we had yeah. a few allies there <laughs> last week. Uh, we played a Tradfest, um, which was fab- fabulous event. Yeah, actually, yeah. we were in uh, uh, the uh, Button Factory. Yeah, and um, Scholte were there. Yeah, and they were very good. I mean, they and uh, one of the Scholte members had to pull out, and we we got a replacement. Uh, yeah. at short notice, which was great. You know, and and slotted in. Yeah. yeah. You know very very nicely as you're as you're getting more visible i suppose over the the last kind of couple of years kind of as you've been more formalized are you finding now that kind of there is people who are looking for that niche of like an lgbt sort of like a, a pride patrick's day event or kind of you know coming into these sort of spaces yes uh, we are uh, well <laughs> see your unique selling point yeah we, unique... are, we are yeah, yeah well, we are. usb um I, yes uh so just on yeah one of the events 
coming up actually we've been contacted by uh Karma Cashman from Mother to to Brilliant. do to be part of their culture club festival uh, on Paddy's Paddy's Eve or whatever yeah. Yeah. um i i wasn't you were you played at that last year it was a great oh, event i was, I was yeah. in the audience admiring yeah, yeah, yeah. it was fantastic i was you dancing know? for you yeah oh yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. It was. absolutely yeah it was brilliant it was yeah. so you'd be doing that that's what something i was going to ask about like up like coming events you spoke about some things that you've done in the past yeah you've got that hopefully coming up have you got much more else planned coming up we haven't I, we pride i mean yeah. we, we will yeah, be course, you know pride, no doubt yeah. we will. and i suppose the more that people hear from you at things like mother and and a pride like the more people will see that you're available for for performing and stuff like that as well. Yeah. You'll be booked and, and left in no time. Yeah. Not just performing either. We, we we would kind of want to meet up as well. We're going to organise a few yeah. kind of meetups where yeah. just uh, just to go in and play some play yeah. some music, sing some songs or whatever, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I suppose, is it is it something that you kind of, like, should someone who maybe, you know, played a bit of the fiddle or the, the tin whistle back when they were in school and kind of are looking at this kind of, you know, like, oh, maybe I could find my way back to this in some way. Is it... Is it that's what, or should do they need to know their craft a bit before they're coming along to join you for your? It it um a bit of both. It's a bit of both. Yeah. <laughs> no beginners, please. It's, it's, ah, no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, do I careful mean, what you say because we could grab a fiddle now and be like, oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The guy, yeah, the GA didn't, <laughs> GA didn't work for us. We're oh, for God, something else. Oh, smashed no. windows. <laughs> I think what we're finding so far is that uh, as a group we are more performance based. Yeah, if you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. That we have played for Kaylee's. We now played at Mother. We played on the Pride Pride main stage, yeah. which was amazing. Um. But we do want to try and build up the more community side of it. Yeah. Like so, last year at Pride, we we did the parade as usual. We had the Pride Kaylee, which was on in uh, the village uh, stage. But we also ran a, a session just the night before, like an open session for anybody to join in, and that was great. Actually, it was the mm. first one we've mm. done, and I think you know gave us an appetite for more. We haven't organised it yet, but watch this space. <laughs> yeah, yes. no, definitely. Like yeah, food for thought for sure. Yeah. Um, if people want to see more from you guys, if they want to, you know, maybe follow what you've been doing or see where you're going to be playing are getting involved is there somewhere they can go yeah well we're on Facebook so Facebook forward slash Tradis Mock you'll, you'll find a group there a page there and um, we're also recently on Instagram just just fucking <laughs> 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 progress yeah yeah after <laughs> the Kaylee the other night we played for the, the Tradfest uh, Gaily there last, last Thursday and yeah. it was a really brilliant event and there's lots of great footage for it so I decided yeah. to set yeah, up the no, Instagram account definitely. now so. it's actually a really mixed uh, event as well like we had we had lots of tourists I thought uh, there was yeah. lots mm. of international people there brilliant. and uh Big range of ages, mainly young people, but there was a big range of ages. We had people right up to guys in their seventies, I'd yeah. say there as well. Yeah, yeah. So, so intergenerational. And, yeah, intergenerational. Really good uh, vibe. I think for Irish music, a lot, uh, a lot of people wouldn't think about going yes. to Kaylee. Yeah. And I know a couple of people were just they were saying, "Oh, their friends dragged them along and they had a great time." Yeah, so it's just yeah. one of these. It's always the way, isn't it? Yeah. You really enjoy it. And then, in, yeah. in terms of like people who can come along or people that you're looking for to get involved, is it just musicians? Are you looking for singers and dancers? Or, or is there you know what I mean what are you looking for everybody, anybody and everybody like, <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we, we, I mean, we probably have for, for the bigger performances we probably have fairly set kind of groups at this yeah. stage you yeah. know what I mean yeah. I'm not saying there is an opportunity because we do not everybody can make them we swap people in and of out course. but um, for for sessions and everything else yeah I mean we, we would definitely want those to be open God yeah and we, 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 we it'd be great to get uh, a lot of younger People involved, uh, people yeah. involved, because yeah. I think it's, it's I think it's that's definitely. what it's yeah, it's a generational thing as well. Like you know, a lot of yeah. when you're starting out in Irish music, because a lot of Irish music circles can be conservative. The nature of Irish mm. music yeah. is uh, over the years is being to foster something that was kind of dying, yeah, and of so course. it tends to attract people who are. Might be from a conservative background, and you know, if you're a young gay kid that's playing with Irish yeah, music, it's difficult. It it, ca it could be difficult in certain circumstances. You know, you could be yeah. in, in rural communities, so it's actually just an opportunity. Really, that's kind of the idea behind it. Would be great, great to get. There's plenty of uh, great, great young musicians out there. Fabulous, yeah. fabulous, mm -hmm. technically brilliant musicians, and uh, it'd be great to have yeah. them have an opportunity. And I say, on the subject of fantastic musicians, you played us in with the Garden of Daisies, and you're going to play us out with Skylark into Tom Ward's Downfall. Uh, so thank you so much for joining us today. It's been really fantastic, and it's amazing to kind of see this sort of meeting of queerness and and, and Irishness. It just absolutely fills my thanks heart. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for joining the next Gaily for sure. Yeah. Oh, thanks so much, lads. <laughs> thank you.
We're almost out of time for this week's show. Another action-packed show this week. Thank you so much for joining us and thanks a million to our guests, Anna Basira, and of course the two lads here from Tradis and Mock. If you want to contact us, you can reach out to us on our own socials. Mine is Podrick underscore WMC and James, where can people hear from you? James underscore O'Hagan. Of course, and we've got our dedicated Instagram page. It's at Curiosity Radio or you can reach out to us by sending us an email Curiosity at Dublin City FM. Now, playing us out for this week something a little bit different we still have our trad sesh shoes on it's Tradis and Mock and Skylark into Tom Ward's downfall on Curiosity Thank <laughs> you.